This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. On today's show, we are delighted to have two fantastic guests, celebrated chiropractor Dr. Elaine Denby and author of the new book, Use the Good Dishes No Matter What Life Serves Up. Also, composer, pianist, and singer David Johans, who has been doing a virtual piano bar on Facebook almost every night since COVID began. We'll meet both of them very soon, but first, our weekly bliss blast and a bit of bliss coaching on the air. Many of our guests are people who have already found their bliss. And one of the things I do as a life coach is I help connect people to their passion and to their purpose and bliss, as it were. I once had a client who had a long list of wishes on his bliss to-do list. And I said, just pick one. And he said, well, one of my dreams has always been to write a song. So I said, why don't you write me one by Friday? And his face lit up like a Christmas tree. It was as if he just needed permission to do what was inside of him all along. He wrote the song and it was really great. And he went on to write seven more songs and his life really improved and he became much happier. Sometimes that's all you need is a coach or a friend to sort of give you permission to just make your dreams come true at any age or stage as dreams have no expiration date. This is a wonderful opportunity during these times to make some of your dreams come true. Anyway, there is this really cool new segment called the Bliss Coaching Segment where we're going to select someone to come on the air and I'm going to do a mini laser coaching session for free, complimentary on the air for whoever is brave enough to be that person. And I think you'll find it to be a lot of fun. Mostly, this is something that works really well. All you have to do if you want to book a coaching conversation is just briefly tell us what you want coaching around and write to us at info at findingyourbliss.com or go to our website at findingyourbliss.com and click on coaching or just message me at the bliss minute on Instagram or Facebook. Dr. Elaine Denby is a celebrated chiropractor and longevity specialist in private practice for 42 years in Toronto, a sought after inspirational keynote speaker, media personality, and author of two best-selling books, Passionate Longevity, the 10 Secrets to Growing Younger, and Use the Good Dishes, Finding Joy in Everyday Life. Her latest book, Use the Good Dishes, No Matter What Life Serves Up, has just been released, and Dr. Denby's current speaking engagements motivate individuals and employees to strengthen their mental and physical resiliency against multiple stresses and unpredictable times and to find joy in everyday living and working. Dr. Denby attended McMaster University. She graduated as a doctor of chiropractic medicine from the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College in 1978. She has a unique way of finding the source of patients' issues through her blend of life coaching and intuition. Dr. Denby pursues the athletic life. I know this about her, having run 17 marathons and hiked many mountains, including reaching the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, and she weight trains in the gym. Dr. Denby is a wellness coach and longevity specialist who helps individuals find strategies to reach optimal health and wellness. 
With her prescription for a life filled with passion, purpose, and joy, Elaine Denby, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much, Judy. Great to be here. So great to have you here. Elaine, the last time that I saw you in person, we were running in a marathon on the Dini Petty Show on CFTO TV, and we did a relay. I think we all had to do about five miles. Do you remember that day? I do remember that day. It was about <laughs> a million years ago. <laughs> It was so much fun. You know, we had Dini Petty on the show and we talked about that as well. But uh, I know you were you were a regular correspondent on that show for many years. I was. Congratulations on your newest book, which is just delightful. And it's called Use the Good Dishes No Matter What Life Serves Up. And I'm so impressed that you've written this book to address how we can all navigate the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic and make sense of it all, maintaining a positive outlook. And in the early days, you actually wrote that your chiropractic office was temporarily closed. You felt like you were watching a disaster movie unfold. Can you elaborate and tell us more about how you felt when this COVID-19 pandemic first happened? Well, it was an absolute shock. However, resourcefulness is one of my signature strengths. And I thought, Elaine, you are never going to have a gap of time like this ever again, hopefully, especially when you're used to being in practice and treating patients every day. And I realized that this was my opportunity to write a book and, um, and patients were telling me they were reading my 20 year old book. I realized that, that I had to change the focus to really, um, focusing on strategies for resilience and, um, and adapting to life's changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have a chapter called Adapting, and you talk about how the coronavirus outbreak reminds you of the movie Groundhog Day. How so? Because for some people, you, they wake up, they are so routine-based that um, every day is the same. And you can get into a, a, a hole, a rabbit hole, uh, a real rut, unless you think, okay, what can I change? Where's the opportunity? It, it, with this collective pause, which we've all had, it gives you time to reevaluate, to reflect, to do some pruning and editing uh, things that no longer fit in your life. So it's pandemic for some people can be a gift as I've heard from many patients or it can be a time of feeling even more stuck than you were before the pandemic sure and for you you how long did it take you to do an an entire book I mean that's incredible because this has only been going on for for going on to five months how long did it take you to, to do all of this March 15th, my office was closed. I basically chained myself <laughs> to the, the uh, a little corner of our kitchen island. My husband works from home. He was upstairs. I sat there. And, you know, it's really interesting from a spiritual perspective that when you have what I would call green lights all the way, when you decide to do something and there are no obstacles, yes. the universe yes. is saying, go for it. My girlfriend, who is a journalist and 
a fabulous uh, editor and writer said, hey, I'll edit your book. I found two Mm -hmm. university fellows who uh, helped me with the design of the book. Everything worked. Everything worked. So I, I wrote it like mad from March to about the beginning of June. And there it was. It was done. Isn't that wonderful? And the book is also gorgeous. I'm actually looking at it right now. And it's just it's just the right size. And it's really cheerful in this gorgeous sort of tangerine orange and white. And it's uh, use the good dishes no matter what life serves up. And it really is a fantastic read. It's just chock full of so much good stuff. Can you describe the line in Leonard Cohn's timeless song anthem that gives you great meaning and comfort? That there are cracks of course in in the universe but that's how the light gets in and again yeah. it's it's exactly how i don't even i don't think that's exactly the right quote but the meaning is that the lens that you look out at when you view the world can determine a lot of what your journey is going to be about and somehow you just have to figure things out and uh yes. And either accept what is or reach out for help and avoiding the tendency to see a crisis like this as insurmountable, that Mm -hmm. somehow you can figure out uh, how to adapt and and get through, even if Mm -hmm. if even if it's just the very basic of taking care of yourself, as I've said that um, taking care of ourselves is an essential service. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Of course. So true. So well put. So well put. I, I know you talk a lot about a word that is so important these days for people just to really be able to survive and to cope well with all of what's going on. And that word is resilience. And you talk about three different types of resilience. Can you describe them? Yes, there are three types of resilience. There's natural resilience, which is what you're born with. And it's it's all the experiences that life have to offer when you play, explore, learn, and take setbacks in stride. And then there's learned resilience that uh, helps you build through techniques that help restore the natural resilience you had as a child. But what we're going through is a is adaptive resilience, which is trial by fire. When you've got challenging circumstances that force you to learn and grow. So those are the three types. And um, we're definitely in the midst of adaptive resilience for sure. What has been sort of the the gift that you're seeing in all of this or the part of this that um, is making it okay for you? Well, I realize that in every crisis and chaos, there are opportunities. And I believe that that's my optimistic attitude and and pessimists have a harder time getting through this. (laughs) I know in my heart of hearts that bad things are temporary. And and I realize that um, you just have to keep things in perspective. I've got a really strong social network and um, and then also accepting 
that change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Plus, I maintain hope, hopefulness, mm-hmm. which allows me to uh, to get through each day. It's fantastic. And I always remember that about you. You've always had the sunniest disposition and been such a positive person and a, just a great inspiration to so many people. You also say it's all in your mindset and you talk about the, the key to a growth mindset that will serve you better in life is self-awareness. What are some of the steps towards gaining self-awareness? Self-awareness, I think, begins when you are still. And this is why the 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 COVID situation has been very helpful for a lot of people because we've stopped running, going, doing, chasing. We have been forced to um, to stay present, and when we're still, we can look out the window. We take a walk in nature, and that's when when we're quiet. You can listen to your heart, answers come. So the first thing is to, for self-awareness is reflection and accepting where you're at, I believe. And you have a whole section on accepting what is. Can you please tell us about that? Accepting what is. Yeah, that is, it's a process. You cannot just suddenly wake up and say, oh, well, I guess you know, my job is gone or, or this has happened or I'm working remotely until the spring of next year. It is, it's a slow process. And sometimes you scream and you cry and you talk to people. And then over time you think, okay, this, I, this is the way it is. And, you know, the other point about accepting what is, is that um, good things happen in life, bad things happen in life. But over time, we return to our normal set point of happiness, especially with loss. I mean, loss is the, the most difficult journey that we must take. And I've written about loss, as you know, in my book, and, um, mm-hmm. and again, it's time. It's time. And you've interviewed a lot of people and their stories are also fascinating. You also include some of your beautiful poems all throughout the book. And I love your poem on being in chapter two. And I'm just going to read some of it now for the listeners. I'm so busy doing, haven't got time for being this frenzy of achieving. What am I not seeing? My mind is overloaded. The chatter is repeating. The way I'm living now is so self-defeating. I must create a space, a pause, where I feel moments that are mindful, inner self-revealed. It will happen in stillness when I am alone. Only then will answers come. The truth I will own. Love that poem, Elaine. <laughs> it's really lovely. I, I love writing poetry. And I, I in this book, I've put... I've got a lot of new poems and I uh, had so much fun writing them. You're, you're so wonderful at it. You learned the wonder of visualization as well when you studied at Harvard University and you took a course designed to change our consciousness. Can you describe what that was like? It sounds fascinating. Well, yeah, it was, it was an amazing program and the professor uh, had us visualize a quality 
that we wanted more of. So there were 400 people in the room and I thought, what do I need more of? I need more humility. We all do. <laughs> Especially I'm a Leo. Leo's. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that you're a Leo. Isn't that funny? I remember that you're born in August. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought, that's it. I need more humility. And the next part of the exercise is to visualize someone who has that quality. So I thought the Dalai Lama for sure has humility. And then you see hmm. that person with that quality emanating out of them as a bubble on top of your head. And you just feel that bubble coming in to your being. And, you know, the mind is very visual. So, so we can, if I um, told listeners to visualize a beach with the waves, you could just see it. I mean, we're just visual creatures. It's accessing it. Exactly. And that's, that's fantastic. I really love that. And I think it works so well. I love when you talk about people savoring their happiest memories in a section called the way we were. Yes. Can you describe why it's so important to help people retrieve and save their happiest moments, especially now? Especially now, Judy. Well, the reason is that we tend to focus on the things that are negative and not working in our life. And yet we have thousands of happy, joyful, outstanding, cherished memories that are in our experience, in our mind. We just have to retrieve them, as you say. And what you do is it's not enough just to think about it. But if you if you have a moment where you feel loved or grateful or appreciated or confident or some uh, feeling, if you focus on that feeling, how it feels to be grateful and confident and appreciative and happy for 30 seconds, your neurons actually synapse in your brain and you can record. It's, it's almost like downloading that emotion into your neurons so that hmm. A month from now, you can remember how good it was to hug your family after being isolated from for months or how good it was to yeah. social distance and, and have a coffee with a girlfriend. These are these are moments. And yes. And one thing I wanted to mention is that when life strips everything away from you, you understand what truly matters in life. It really brings into perspective. And the comments from my book are just about that. You start realizing the value of the small pulses of life, like uh, going to, I can't wait to go to a movie, even if it's a drive-in movie or just go inside into a restaurant. Yes, basic things that we took for granted that we're not even going to believe it when we can go to a restaurant. We're not going to believe it when we can go to a sit and sit in a play or at a movie theater. We're going to be rapturous, right? Because, uh, yeah, no, it's so great. Elaine, when you talked about finding your mother's pin, the brooch that she oh. thought she lost of the Star oh, of David, God. I cried. I actually wept in my in my room last night reading reading this. Can you tell us about the significance of finding that beautiful pin and what it represented for you? 
Oh, my, 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 my. Well, I'm sure that the listeners have experienced loss of a parent or siblings or someone dear to them. And my late brother and I had to clear out my mom's possessions and her clothing. And about a year before she passed away, I went to visit her and she told me that she had lost her precious Star of David pin. And we looked for it, we couldn't find it. And I didn't talk about it because I knew it would upset her in subsequent visits. And so now I'm in my home and all my mom's possessions are in this other bedroom. And one day I thought, okay, I'm just going to go through everything. And as I was going through all these garbage bags of her clothes, I held up this one black and white dress and there in the collar of the dress was this pin Hmm. and it was I I was just you know when you're just awestruck that that you found it you found something that was so meaningful for her I felt an immediate connection to her and I thought you know everything's right with the world I'm going to be able to get through this it was just like putting closure on on um on that part of my life and and my late mom who was very very dear to me so that was one of those synchronous moments you know where you just like the big surprise wow big surprise wow. that i don't know the way the way you wrote about it in the book just really really got to me and it was so touching and um and i'm sorry about your mom i i love when you talk about don't postpone joy which i think uh, is part of a one of the rap poems that you do, but you talk about that bumper sticker, don't postpone joy. Why is it so important and how do we access joy? Joy is around us all the time, Judy. You just have to open your eyes. That's the key. And, and talk about self-awareness. Just be aware that it's always in our heart. I mean, you can, you can feel sad and then something funny will happen and you can laugh so it's it's always there for us and i really i love that line don't postpone joy because um it's it's there it's just there for the taking and it's around us all the time that's why i came up with that term use the good dishes because people are waiting for something in the future to make them happy when hey you woke up today you you know you're alive you're breathing you have you have a day to make a difference to um be kind to just to be grateful that um you're in this incredible world and a witness to the most amazing things that are happening good and not so good but it's a message and and a mm-hmm. uh, a mantra for everyone to just live each day and 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 celebrate life no matter what happens absolutely what's bliss for elaine denby bliss oh my goodness <laughs> bliss is um my husband I'm I'm a newlywed. Actually, our anniversary 
two years married is tomorrow. Congratulations. That's so great. Yes, I became a bride at almost 70. A beautiful one, I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, bliss for me is um, I love, love, love what I do as a chiropractor, helping patients. Bliss for me is nature. Um, my family, my friends, my cat, just <laughs> life, life itself. Just it's a privilege and a joy just to exist. Isn't that wonderful? How can people contact you, Elaine? And how can they get a copy of your beautiful book? Use the good dishes, no matter what life serves up. They can contact me through my website, elainedemby.com. Uh, They can get a copy of my book from Amazon.ca and they can find me on the internet as long as they spell my name D-E-M-B-E-M as in Mary, which is my late mom's name. So... Wow. Wow. Now that's so wonderful. I want to thank you so much for being here. It's really been delightful talking to you again. And I feel like we've caught up a little bit, <laughs> which has been so great. And I'm, I'm so um, happy for your success for this new book, for your marriage and for all the wonderful things in your life and for your inspiration to so many of our listeners. It's going to be wonderful for them to hear all of this sort of joyfulness that you bring. We're going to go to a short commercial break right now when we come back on Finding Your Bliss. We will be joined by our next guest, pianist David Johans. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. And our next guest is the talented David Johans. When David Johans was nine years old, he discovered three things that serendipitously influenced his path in life, a passion for music, sailing, and photography. With interests that were never wavering, David was quick to develop his potential by building a captivating repertoire and a collection of tools that would later help him single-handedly restore his summer home. And you may be wondering what that is. That is a 40-foot Piver Victress Trimaran. At the age of 14 years old, David enjoyed his debut on stage after the manager of the Stone Crock in St. Jacob's caught a glimpse of his abilities during a family dinner and offered him a job. So David began his foray as a lounge piano player, an opportunity that afforded him incredible experiences and lots of traveling. The musician has always relied on his gift of perfect pitch, 
to build performances which borrow cues from classical music, to accent his keen adventurism in modern jazz. Although capable of reading music, David prefers the freedom of learning and playing by ear. To this day, he begins his mornings with a double espresso and a side of technical piano finger exercises. <laughs> David's self-taught techniques are complemented by a degree in music from McGill University in Montreal, Quebec, which led him to expand his stage presence. Since then, David has played world-renowned music festivals such as the Festival International de Jazz de Montréal with his jazz trio, and he has scored musically and embellished over a hundred TV shows, and he has still found ways of incorporating his love for sailing into his life as a musician. David embarked on a career as well in real estate, which he carefully balances with his ardor for the performing arts. His Piver Victress Trimarin is equipped with a digital piano and a small sound system on board. David fondly calls it the sailing piano, and often one can find him entertaining guests with his melodic variations. And most recently, and how we brought him here today, this venture evolved into the virtual piano bar, which serves to lift people's spirits in trying times such as these through his ebullient compositions and mild comedy. Hi, David. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. That's quite an intro. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I can measure up to that. So uh, I want to ask you about the blisses in your life. You're so aware of them, and you always have been. You knew early on that your bliss was sailing, music, and photography. And in fact, you've been sailing since the age of two, and now you're the captain of this very unique sailboat designed by John Piver called Orenda. Can you tell our listeners a little more about your boat and your love of sailing, and particularly the meaning of the name Orenda? Okay, so when I sailed since I was two, at, at that age, you're basically weight, dead weight. And we used to, dad used to put on those, back at the time, those horrific life jackets that looked like they still were used on the Titanic. And they were very <laughs> They would carry us into a little dinghy and, and you couldn't see over the top. So I do remember getting seasick a lot at that age. So in spite of that, I still developed a love for sailing. And we grew up on a farm in, in Wellesley Township, so pretty landlocked. So it's kind of crazy that my life has evolved to be so involved with boats. But there was a, a book I read called uh, Dove. And it was a guy who, was when he was 16, he sailed around the world. And I still have that book. I still have that copy. It's like the Bible to me. And so from then, I just always been around boats. And I'm a member of the Toronto Multi-Hall Club here in Toronto, which is a wonderfully well-kept secret. And there was a boat that was abandoned, sat on the hard for five years in a parking lot. And so I got it for next to nothing and basically rebuilt it. I've had it now for 11 years, but the the core structure of it was in incredible in basically perfect shape. It was built by a guy named Jenks and hmm. he took 10 years building it. And that's why it's lasted over 50 years. Wow. So I've, I've basically modernized it. I've got, I've tried to create an off grid house, if you will. So I feel very blessed to have this boat because having it and having to reconstruct all of the systems on it, I didn't know how to do it. So I learned electrical plumbing, fiberglassing. And the nice thing is the Toronto Multi-Hull Club is quite unique in the sense that most of the members there, they've built their own boats. The depth of knowledge there is incredible. So they've all, they've kind of mentored me through this uh, program and taught me how to fix things. The boat was actually the first design to sail around the world. It went, there's a movie about it now. I have the exact same design. So it's built for solo circumnavigation. 
Arenda, I did a little bit of research here, um, is the name of a book uh, written by Canadian author Joseph Boyden. And it's a Huron-Uriquois term, meaning the spirit in all things. And there's three elements associated with Arenda, faith, hope, and gratitude. Love that. Yeah. Triptych. So there's three syllables to the word. And because it's um, a trimaran has three halls, you have the main hall and the outer halls are called amas. It's actually, you know, based on Polynesian designs that are more than 2000 years old. And I call it a gift from the universe because, you know, I went through some tough times when I, after I bought it and just fixing it and being there and being on the water always kept me incredibly grounded. And it's, it's wonderful when you can, you know, see something and then, you know, design something in your mind and then, and then recreate it in, in real life. And that's what that boat allowed me to do. So the boat, it gave me a gift. I always say the gift of life. So I'm, it's not just the sailing that I love. It's the, the the project and the beauty of doing it yourself. If there's ever a problem, and typically on sailboats, there's always a problem. Mm-hmm. You don't call somebody to fix it. You fix it yourself. That's so amazing. One of your other blisses is singing and playing the piano and composing. That's and, right. and I first met you in this wonderful incarnation that you really created yeah. at the very beginning of COVID and carried through like for, for almost four months. And that was the day's virtual piano bar and it's just brought a lot of happiness and relief to a lot of people. Can you describe for our listeners what exactly happens at Dave's Virtual Piano Bar and what inspired you to start it? So what inspired me to start it was it's I actually had this idea years ago <laughs> because, you know, I've played a lot of bars in Toronto and I won't lie, I've been I've been fired from most of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and the reason is I'm not just a, a background of what I call providing wallpaper music. I like to interact with my audience in most places. They don't want that. They just want somebody, you know, shut up and play the piano type of thing. And I'm not really good with that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, why can't I just play from my house? So I I had experiment. I did a uh, piano bar experience with Airbnb. Uh, that was kind of successful. And then so when the COVID thing hit, the shutdown, I thought, wow, all these people are stuck in their house. So clearly I, I acknowledged that I had a captive audience. So then what I did was that inspired me thought this is the perfect time to try this out so the first night i did it i had you know basically plugging in the laptop i had terrible microphones and uh, not even decent camera i thought well if one person watches i'll play a couple of tunes i think i had over 200 people the first night and i played for three hours <laughs> and that was an aha and then i thought wow so i spent that weekend and i upgraded the sound <laughs> system i went on youtube and google and researched you know how to create a better production quality sound for streaming on facebook uh, i think i achieved that and then i just i did it every night at eight o'clock i committed to playing two hours every night and the two hours would just fly by. It was amazing. It was just a surreal experience because even though nobody was in the room, I could see all the requests coming through the uh, message thing on Facebook. Yes, the chat. And 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 then I used a program called Ecamm, which is amazing for streaming. And, uh, it allowed me really, you know, multiple cameras, a better sound, and I was just interacting with people and taking requests. And then, and then I created this tradition, like, you know, I always say, the, what I loved about it, I was totally alone in my house uh, with, the, with the piano. So nobody was here. So I wasn't affected by anybody in the audience. Right. So when there's somebody right. in the room, that energy affects your performance. 
when there's nobody in the room, your performance is, is, is more, I think, is more true, more to a degree more authentic, more or pure. at least you are yes. more authentic. Yeah. Yes. So it, I was able to uh, share like all of those videos I put on YouTube. Like if you look uh, for Dave's Virtual Piano Bar on YouTube, you'll find it. And I've got over 60 videos, each two hours long. Each one is unique. And I, it's kind of a nice legacy because that is that is authentic me. Like that's authentic Dave. Like I, even for myself, I can't get more true to who I am than what was on those recordings. And I, for, you forget about the microphone, you forget about the camera, and you just play. And it's like mm-hmm. it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like so, and I was so touched by you know I was getting emails and text messages, and I still am, of people who said thank you for doing this. You know I'm I'm really upset. I'm suffering, or I'm not feeling happy and every day i look forward to your performance and that really motivated me to keep doing it so i thought i did 40 days in a row and then i thought well you know 50th night happened to fall on mother's day so i thought let's shoot for that and i and i did it and after that then i just started doing two nights a week and then eventually of course i moved back onto the boat and had to get the boat ready so yeah Okay, I know you're at your piano, and I know this this was not planned, but you played for me. It's a wonderful night for a moon dance. We can't play the whole song because we're playing a lot of your other music. But you mean it's a marvelous night for a moon dance by Van Morrison? Is that yeah. the one? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's the one. We just had a beautiful full moon. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. <laughs> And of course, I forget all the words. <laughs> the stars on high sang a lullaby. Now I'm mixing up time. You know? All I can tell called. you is. You'd be, so, you'd be so nice to come home to. You know that song? You'd be so <laughs> nice to come home to. You'd be so nice. So yeah, by the fire. So. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. I have to tell you, when you played that song that night, you know, I, we, I'm a pretty positive, cheerful person. I'm the finding your bliss gal, right? But everybody has sort of their meltdown in COVID. And that night was my meltdown. And when you played that, it just sent me and that's what music does, right? It just transports you to another place. Absolutely. And you're also a composer. And in fact, later on, we're going to be hearing some of your compositions. What is your process when you are writing music, do you sort of love doing it while you're doing it? Or like most writers, do you enjoy it once it's done? I think a combination of both, but my process isn't like, I, I don't like using the word writing because in a way I'm not really writing. That's what was interesting about the virtual piano bar, because I actually, I use the technique in the virtual piano bar in the beginning of every session. And this started when I was a little kid. So we had an upright piano on the main floor. And every morning I used to just sit in there and noodle around on the piano. Uh, I think it's a form of almost meditation. Of course, I was too young to appreciate that at the time. But I remember getting like almost zoned out by uh, melodies or noodling on the piano. And things then, and then when you just allow things to flow through you and it almost it's like i know this sounds surreal but it's like an out-of-body experience so you are no longer the performer you are the audience watching your body play what just comes through you it's a really sensitive balance as soon as you become conscious and you start thinking about something that connection is lost so you have to really allow yourself to almost remove yourself from from yourself you can't manifest it 
willingly always. Like it's just, it strikes you at the most bizarre times. That's how I write. So all these songs, like I prefer writing instrumental music. I think the songs I sent you are with lyrics, but I don't consider myself much of a lyricist. That's why it was the music I created for television. That's why I liked writing for scores is because I don't think in terms of a song structure. I'm more of, I like Philip Glass, like patterns, structures, repeating patterns and changing harmony. So my writing process is just, you know, things come to me and then that's why I like having technology around all around me is if you don't record it while it's happening, you'll never play it or you'll, you'll never get, you'll it, back never get it back again. So all like, you know, like little riffs, like, okay. So when I worked, I used to work on cruise ships and I remember one night I was after the show, I used to always just noodle on the piano and there's this thing like this. Wow. Like that's the, that's just the beginning of the melody. The, the idea. I love that. You know, and then, so that was like 30 years ago I, I wrote that and I recorded it mm. so that's, that's that's a motif if you will David what's that piece called that's gorgeous um, you know honestly I can't remember beyond we should name it we should name it it's on SoundCloud I, I, you know, I've got a SoundCloud you know, but then I like taking the same melody and you know So I like what Hans Zimmer says. There's a question oh. and an answer, right? So here's the question. And there's the answer. And there's another question. And an answer. And then you come up with a different variation of that story, which would be, you know... So what I'm doing there is uh, it's all patterns, right? That's what the right hand is doing. And so then I modulate it. So it's just a major, you know, and then I go down diatonically. I'm going to E flat minor. So now we're getting to theory, but I don't think like that. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I've, you know, as you mentioned, I have perfect pitch. So I, I don't know if that affected anything. Wow. I'm impressed. You wrote, you wrote a song called the best thing in my life. Yeah. And I just, I just loved it. I love the beat. It's so upbeat. And yet I know there's a dichotomy between the upbeat nature of the song and your very heartfelt feelings about it. Would you tell us a little bit about the best thing in my life? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a sensitive topic for me. My son is now, he's going to be turning 14 this month. And sadly, I got, uh, I was married and I had, I had a child with another woman. I always like turning a positive from a negative. So in 2013, my access got terminated. And so, <laughs> so what I did was I decided I wanted to write, um, cause I had an amazing relationship with him. Uh, I had access with him till he was seven years old and we did a lot of fun things together. So, and I love Randy Newman. So I thought, you know, I, I'd like to write a song for him that he can have, uh, forever. I mean, I don't think he's old enough now to appreciate anything or cognitive of what's happening. But I wanted him to have a song just to remind him, 
you know, we did these things together and we had an amazing time. So that, so I, the lyrics were basically, I just wrote down all the things we did together and I wanted some, I didn't want a sad song. I wanted a happy song because I wanted to create something positive from something negative. So I, but I, I never play the song because I get, as you can see, I get upset. We're going to play a little bit of it right now for you. I just, I just love song. that. It's such a fun song, and I love that there's so much heart behind it, and it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah, and I love, I love Randy Newman. So, I mean, uh, I like that song. Uh, You've got a friend in me. That's from Toy Story. That's one of my favorite songs. Ah, uh, so great. That's a, but that's and what, what was fun about that song. At the end of the song, I got my son, you know, to record because uh, he, he used to always say, "Dad, dad, 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 dad," as most dads will experience it, mm -hmm. and wanted me to put it on his shoulder. So I got him to. I had a recording of that line. Had him record it, and I put Aww. it at the end of the song. With him too. I can't wait to hear that. I can't no. wait to. Hear that. Uh, I want to ask you, David. Um, just on a lighter, on a lighter note, you performed at Ernest Bourne wedding which took place where the movie <laughs> 10 was filmed with Bo Derek. What was that like? Yeah, it was, it was really hilarious actually. So I worked on uh, many different cruise ships for like 3 to 4 months. But I met Ernest Borgnine and he used to hang out in the lounge after the show and we would always talk and he said, "Well, look, I want you to play at my wedding in Manzanillo." And I said, "Sure." <laughs> it was done to the nines, but it was so hot and they had the piano outside. And you could have fried an egg on the that black grand piano. Oh, wow. Like, and I was dressed in a tuxedo. Like, I survived, but a lot of guests fainted. Oh, my God. So it was so it hard. Was, it was a gong show. It was really a gong show. But then afterwards, Ernest, he was wonderfully humble man. And he said, well, come to my place after in Manzanillo. And I stayed there with him for quite a while. We used to cruise along the coast of Playa del Carmen. Actually, we were heading to, uh, to go through the Panama Canal. So we were going down the Pacific coast. And Playa del Carmen was just at the time a little fishing village. And we'd hang out with the local yokels drinking uh, cervezas and uh, <laughs> eating ceviche and uh, just talking life, man. And nothing. Like, he was just a guy. So great. And he was really nice. Like, just really. And, I love that. Yeah, it was, it was a really fond memory. But that wedding was hilarious because you throw all of his money at it and everybody faints. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, David, David, what is bliss for David Johans? Oh, that blesses many things. I think you you can't experience happiness until you experience tragedy. It'll teach you how to, between those polarities. That's why I like that symbol, yin, yin and yang. So bliss is, you know, pursuing what is true to yourself, like who the essence of who you are. 
What advice do you have for those trying to follow their dreams? Everything has to come from a quiet place. So you can't be surrounded by noise. And in order for you, you have everyone has a voice within them. And you have to find that voice. And that then you have to start listening to it. And you won't get an answer right away of what that thing is that you should be doing. But once you start leaning towards that voice and respecting that voice and listening to it, you know, it's going to take you to the place that you should be at. And it, sometimes you lose that voice. You could lose that voice for years. You can get sidelined. But as long as you come back to the voice and respect it. I mean, that's what it was like for me. I grew up on a farm. I spent so much time by myself. I guess I was talking to myself, but I, and that's why, that's why I like sailing because you can get out into that quiet space and then you, it brings you back to the place where you can start hearing yourself and who you are. Like, who are you? David, how can people contact you and purchase your music? So if they go to uh is my website. I'm on SoundCloud. SoundCloud's probably the best way. I have a lot of tracks up there. Awesome. We're going to hear more from you after this commercial break. We're going to actually hear another gorgeous song of yours, another original called You Give Me Butterflies. We're just going to a quick commercial break right now. And when we come back, more with David Johans. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. Joining us once again, this week's featured artist, David Johans, playing us another original composition called You Give Me Butterflies. David, can you set up this clip for us? Okay, so I I uh, <laughs> I'd never written a love song, and I was dating this woman who, for what I thought, and her, her birthday was coming up, and it, it terrified me because I thought, what am I going to get her? Uh, that she doesn't already have. Hmm. And I thought, well, I'm a singer uh, and a songwriter. Like, a, So why don't, I, why don't I write her a song? I wrote a song about, because, uh, you know, she, every time I saw her, she gave me butterflies. That's the idea that inspired the song. So I, I wrote a song about uh, how we first met, where we went and what we did. It was just a playful thing. Uh, and I love Burt Bacharach, you know, uh, major seventh chord. He's the master. So I... It's uh, that's what this song has. I wanted to write a song that was in that style. So it's actually one of my favorite. It's become one of my favorite songs. You know, every time you when you finish writing a song, you're like, ah, no, I don't really like that. And then you listen to it years later and thought, hey, yeah, I kind of like that. So (laughs) let's have a listen right now to you. Give me butterflies. your body your eyes open to see the luckiest man in the world 
So gorgeous. Oh my God. I love that song. I loved it. Thank you so much, David, for the song and for everything and for being on our show today. We hope you'll come back again. And, uh, 
as you heard, you can hear more from David Johans by going to SoundCloud. And there's lots of his beautiful original music right there. As you just heard each week, we spotlight a singer, singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you are a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. And of course, for the latest and the greatest, follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank all of my guests for being here today, Dr. Elaine Denby and David Johans. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. We're going to close out the show today with a short quote by famous basketball coach, John Vincent Calipari. This is one of the most important themes I want you to take from me. Stay as positive and upbeat as you possibly can. I'll say it many times if you can dream it, you can be it. For all of us here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to stay positive and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.